The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Mixed martial arts. Mixed martial arts. How do we like our martial arts? We like them most! <laughs> oh, you gotta love it. What is up, my friends? Hope you're all out there just having the best possible day. My name is Sean Oshadi, and you already know this. This here is the UFC Jacksonville preview show on MMA Fighting. We always appreciate y'all for joining us. The crew today, let's bring them in. We got the Prince of Positivity, the King in the North, Alexander K. Duval. The travel maestro also as well. Your friend and mine, Jose Youngs. Yo. And of course, the best producer in the business, the best intro in the business. He is the undefeated E. Casey Layton. He's extra fired up today. He's man in the boards. You gotta love it. <laughs> so fellas let's get into it ufc jacksonville we are we are back on abc fifth time now and more importantly it's that sweet sweet noonie tea start time you you gotta love it nothing like a nice brunch some violence so let's get into it fellas ak uh we actually were just talking about this two minutes ago off air this whole abc part broadcast partnership it started a couple years ago now early 2021 and now we've gotten five bites of the apple here. Shows like this are the biggest audience the UFC gets in 2023. And this time around, we got featherweights at the top. Josh Emmett, Ilya Taporia, flyweights in the co-main, Amanda Hebus, Macy Barber. Give me your card rating. What are we looking at here for this big ABC show? Uh, Shaheen, I'm a bit torn here because I don't know whether I need to stick to my guns and stick with you know the the often misunderstood gymnastic system which gave uh last week's much maligned card a pretty decent like degree of difficulty rating which i think it actually came close to achieving 
Uh, mileage may vary, of course. I, I, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm out to lunch on that one. But I said last week was like an 8.4, which is not, which is not the same thing as card quality. That's not the same thing as like how good this, how much star power there is, or uh, you know what potential storylines, or it's really just like raw and potential entertainment value. So I guess it has to be taken in a void, which is not really logical. I guess you can't really take any UFC event in a void, but that's kind of the idea theoretically. So uh, I get that 8.4, so I have to go higher here, or I recalibrate the system, but I'm going to stick to my guns and just go higher, because I really like this card. Uh, top to bottom, I actually think it's pretty decent, so I'll go, maybe not like crazy higher, but I do think it's better. So I'll go 8.6, 8.6. 8. I like that. I, I have to stick to my guns or I have to recalibrate. I'm, I'm either going to just I'm stick not, being yes. wrong or admit the, yeah, you, you got to love it. Uh, consistency. We're here for your consistency. Uh, by the way, is there a poll up? There is, and it's simple. I just, I'm just curious uh, who people think is going to win because I, I, in my mind, it's closer than people think. But uh, so far, early returns in the poll, what you'd expect uh, based on the odds. Toporia, seventy-one percent. So Jose, I, I'm a bit curious in your opinion on this because when we first heard about this ABC deal a couple of years ago, I think a lot of people assumed these would be relatively loaded cards, right? Like you're getting the biggest audience possible, network TV. We were talking about the gold jackets. You're wanting to put your best foot forward. And what they've become, it's a little surprising. I could say they're essentially glorified Apex Fight Nights, but I also don't know that there's too much of a difference in color quality between what we're getting this Saturday and what we really get every Saturday. So I don't even know if they're they're glorified Fight Nights. Are you, are you a bit surprised that this is sort of where we've ended up with this and this is how the UFC treats these ABC cards now? No, because do you guys remember UFC on ABC4? That was really kind of a nothing burger, too. I mean, it had fun fights and had an interesting main event. I bet none of you can name UFC on ABC 1, 2, or 3 either. Well, the first one, maybe, because it was the first and it was on Fight Island. But after that, I'm willing to bet very few people on MMA fighting site can name them off the top of your head. I bet you guys can't name can. UFC on Fox 5 or UFC on ESPN 5. I just think it's on ABC. That's cool. It's a fun fight. It's a fun main event. It's... Not the best main event we've had on ABC, but it's not the worst. It's like right of the five, I'd probably put it three. Yeah, that sounds like the that sounds right. It's definitely not the best, definitely not the worst. But I don't know. I guess I work in the wrong industry because I'm I was gonna wa I'm gonna watch regardless. I'm curious if I'm curious if the fighters involved in the main event or the main card get any sort of rub from being on ABC these days because we live in a streaming world where I think network television just doesn't particularly matter much to the masses. What do you think, AK? I mean, that, I think that's a very valid perspective, Jose. And also, I mean, by the if, if anybody's been around for long enough, by the end of that Fox run, right, some of those Fox cards were pretty dreadful. Uh, AK, are you sort of, where are you, where are you at with this whole ABC experience at this point? Also, this background is just tremendous all of a sudden. Oh, I'm not, oh, good. Yes, that's good. Uh, well, I, we want something back up there. So, uh, you know, there's a, there's a wall of green behind me. So uh, other people don't put something else behind me. So thank you, producer Casey, uh, for this um, ABC wide world of sports. Very illustrious uh, graphic. Uh, I've certainly uh, grew up seeing that image. Maybe a little more, from, a little before my time. Um, I think they've done like a decent job, a decent, decent of trying to distinguish the UFC and ABC cars from the occasional UFC Apex dreck as it were uh i know that's my cmc a bit harsh they've at least i would say I'm, I'm just, and I, as soon as jose brought it up obviously i had to go back and look at the previous card lineups 
ranked contenders in the main event. Okay, consistent, sure. And then uh, hope, and then typically ranked people or at least known uh, veterans in the co-main. So I think they've like legitimate co-mains. I don't. I'm looking at all these previous uh, penultimate fights, and none of, none of them are fake co-mains. I think they're all either fights with some level of stakes, whether it's fighters just you know holding on to a ranking or. Uh, well-known people, and I, and I say that because of uh, UFC on ABC One, which was Holloway Cater in the main event, and then Condit and Matt Brown in the co-main. Again, not ranked at the time, but two people that fans of the UFC obviously know, uh, guaranteed to put in a good fight, a very good fight to put on ABC for sure. Um, so I think they've they've done a decent job. I say that now again. We are only five in, and I'm sure there could come a time where we get to UFC. Uh, I don't know how long, how many more UFC on ABC cards are going to be, and how long the ESPN deal is. Da, da, da. I'm sure that gets to a point where we're on UFC on ABC 11, 12, and it starts to resemble some of these uh, Apex cars that we've been really critical of. But I think they've done an okay job here. Again, this kind of follows up formula as well. Emmett and Taporia, both guys. Uh, Taporia, you know, definitely looking for a title shot if he gets a win. Emmett coming off an interim title shot. And then Hebus and Barber, two ranked fighters as well. The rest of the main card, you know, I, 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 I'm a little sketchy on why they booked some of these fights where they did. But um, I'll give them a little bit of credit. I do think they try to put some more uh, booking priority on the ABCs. But again, I, I, I could be wrong. I don't know. I, I'd love to see what people in the comments have to say about it. I just have to say, giving producer Casey complete control over your background with the green screen that you have going is very courageous. And I so trust I admire him. your bravery. I, admire I trust you. Casey with my life. Oh, okay. I don't know about that. That's maybe a little too far, but <laughs> it's very foolish. <laughs> um, AK, you bring up a good point. <laughs> nice, Casey. Uh, there, there's certainly Jose. There's certainly been a theme, I think, with the card construction at the top. A lot of these ABC cards over the last few years, have we, as we've gotten them, and that's as a potential showcase, right? A, a showcase for young talent, seemingly on the rise. We just saw it with Jail Tanau made in the last one. I mean, you got Yair Rodriguez in there, Kevin Holland. You could throw even Arnold Allen, Calvin Cater in there back in that first iteration. There's a clear trend here of giving young talent the chance to sort of showcase themselves against these established vets. And now it's Ilya Teporia's turn. And I'll tell you what, I am all in. I love this fight. I couldn't be more intrigued by this main event. From the moment Ilya Teporia entered my life, I have earmarked him as a future title contender, if not a future champion. I am not alone there. That's not a bold take. I know you're a baseball guy, Jose. We mm-hmm. talk about in baseball, five tool players, right? The, the guy who can do everything. To me, that's Ilya. He just feels like the five tool fighter. He's unbeaten, a hellacious puncher, can destroy people on this, in the stand-up, but can also tie people up on not, in knots on the mat. Just absolutely outclassed Bryce Mitchell. The last time we saw him, submitted the submission artist, right? I'm about as high on him as I am in any, as anybody in the sport, and I'd be shocked if he isn't wearing UFC gold at some point before he calls it quits. Do you match my Ilya Tapori enthusiasm, or am I just getting a little too excited here, a little too ahead of myself? Um, I think Ilya Tapori is unbelievable. Uh, I think talent-wise, he's one of the five best featherweights in the world. But I liked, I've enjoyed the slow build up. Uh, you know, by I, like people forget, like that knockout of Jai Herbert, that was a lightweight because he was originally supposed to fight at UFC 270. I want to say maybe even a different card, uh, but there was like weight issues. It might have been him or his opponent. Might have been both. I think it was Mavzar at the time. Um, and then him and Mitchell, Bryce Mitchell, I think that was a fun showcase fight in the sense that there was some heat between them and like the press conferences are fun. The interviews were fun. I just, I, I, I don't want to just kind of throw him into the, I don't want to like give him a 
Calvin Cater or Max Holloway right away, if that makes sense. I enjoy this slow build because he's only 26. Josh Emmon is, what, 38, 37? So there's like a 10-year gap right there. So, But if he goes out there and just dusts Josh Emmett, then I'm all then I'm all on board. Um, I feel like I said the same thing with Jailton Almeida. Uh, of the MMA fighting staff, I'm usually the last one to jump on a bandwagon or or a hype train or whatever. Like I, I buy a ticket and I look at the schedule and I determine if I want to hop on after it arrives. If he goes out there and melts Emmett, I'm all on board. I just I'm not a hundred percent like he's going to wear UFC gold in the future. He is so good. He is essentially he fights like if Michael Chandler had any semblance of fight IQ <laughs> in his UFC run. Like he has dynamite in his hand. He's very good at grappling. He's very good defensively, both grappling and striking. Like like you said, five two player. He does it all offensively and defensively. I'm very curious because, like, I know people in MMA fighting really like Ryan Hall. I don't think Ryan Hall was ever going to be a top 10 featherweight. I never thought he was going to be a top 10 featherweight. Jai Herbert, lightweight, not the best lightweight. Bryce Mitchell, awesome win. I'm curious how he looks against a heavy-handed, durable Josh Emmett because Josh Emmett's a guy that we've seen like the Michael Johnson fights where he's losing and then all of a sudden he touches you once in the later rounds and you're – you're waking up looking at the ceiling. So this will answer a lot of questions I have for Ilya in the same way I had when Jailton Almeida fought Jair Zinho. So I'm very, very excited for this fight. This this will determine whether I'm fully on board the Ilya hype train or not. You're a patient man. I respect it. I, do, I however, do not have that patience. So I am all in. And AK, oh, you've just got a rotating background going on now, AK. I, lo- I love this. this Family. Is Family. um ak we talk a lot about sort of the big prospects in each division right at featherweight there's a good healthy group you you know who they are the the mobsar of loyos larone murphy's jack shores you could even throw your arnold allens in there if you want depending on how you how you view him as a contender or prospect at this point where do you view Elliot on that big prospect list at 145 is he is he the best prospect in this division to you is that a mobsar of loyov like where do you where do you sort of see him in the landscape right now of the come-ups uh, it's it's Ilya, it's Ilya, and and, and with res- with respect to Mozart, who I think because he's been a bit more active than Ilya, I think he has the second highest uh, win streak in the division. I think Ilya just hasn't been able to get in there long enough. Plus, there was the Jai Herbert fight, which was at lightweight, so it's really four fights at one forty five, whatever. But no, I still I still put Ilya in there. Um, I do have some concerns about him making weight, but otherwise, I like I love the phrase five tool player. I love the results we've seen. We, we, we've he's well rounded. We've seen, and he's got power. Like I like a lot of well rounded guys. Like well rounded is great. Um, you, I mean, I think to be a UFC champion uh, at the at the light, definitely the lighter weight classes, you have to be well rounded, right? I mean, we know this. We've, we've known this for years now. It's it's very difficult to be sort of a one skill, a quote unquote one skill person. Even like Charles Oliveira for the longest time was thought of as like just a submission guy, and then you know, listen, suddenly he's knocking people all left and right in the feet, um, or at least rocking people in the feet, getting into brawls and stuff like that. So you have to show that, and I think Ilya has 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 definitely shown that. A little bit of overcoming adversity too. Not all his fights have just been like one-way traffic. Like we we do remember the highlights, we do remember um, the finishes, and that's great. He's had fights where like people have given him a bit of a challenge, and that's good. That's to be expected. Um, this is not a thing where it's like, oh well, he was ex- he was a heavy favorite against this person. They kind of exposed him because he didn't just run through them. Like that's actually good for a guy who's he's twenty six. He turned twenty six this year, twenty six years old. 
really still very early into his pro career. Like I keep saying, I think he can get a title shot now. But I say that with the caveat that if he fought Volkanovski within the next six, seven months, he could lose and still put together another run and then get another title shot down the road. This is not a guy, I feel like, who's one and done. He gets a title shot, he loses, and he's out of there. Um, this is a guy who's going to be a player at 145 and probably 155 someday um, for, for years to come. So that's another thing I like about him is I just I just feel like there's he's going to have a chance to extend his longevity also by um, just by changing weight classes. But yeah, featherweight is so deep. I'm sure this. I'm sure there's people left. I'm leaving out. You mentioned Lerone Murphy. That that guy's just a sleeper, creeping into a top 15 ranking. Just needs to get one of those guys in the top 15 to have his chance. Um, and yeah, we can't discount Movistar. And, and um, I'm trying to see if there's anyone huge. I'm forgetting. Jack but, Shore. To uh, regardless, on that too. Jack Shore, very good. I'm glad he's going up. I'm glad he he belongs at 145. That's where he should be. But uh, if we are talking about the best prospect, it, it is Ilya. You know, I, I think I agree with you. I, again, that's not a surprise considering everything I've already said today. Um, but Jose, it is interesting because you, you mentioned it j- j- where Josh is. And you look at sort of the man on the other side of this. And obviously, he's, at this point, Josh is almost like the, the forgotten story of this fight because I think a lot of us are focusing on Ilya. You look at where Josh is in his career. He is someone who has always been sneaky old, right? Like he is 38. That is ancient. For the lower weight classes and that is ancient for this division where literally no one in the history of the oc has found sustained success into their 40s um in the way that josh is sort of trying to do now josh is two years older than jose aldo like that's just a very weird thing to think about um he's also only lost twice definitively in the ufc right like he he finally got some kind of shot at gold and it didn't go his way in his last one now he's out on the rebound now he's out on the come up, come down or i'm come back I'm, I'm sorry back against the wall it feels like we have seen this story in fight sports a thousand times before. That the guy who sort of missed his moment and is now at the end of his run, sort of facing this hard charging up and coming, up and coming, you know, tear. Is this do or die, in your opinion, for Josh Emmett? Like, is this the final crossroads where if it's gonna happen, it's gotta happen on Saturday for him? It is in the sense if you take into account his age, like like you said, this is he is a grandfather uh, compared to everyone else in this division, and he's essentially been the forgotten man. Like I pulled up his because I, I couldn't even remember who he fought before Calvin Cater, and I forgot he had fought in Danny Gay. Um, and I believe one of them it was supposed to fight Arnold Allen on that card, and then I can't remember who was the replacement or if they both just lost opponents and got combined into one. But like Yaya Rodriguez was kind of the story of the like of the fight when they fought for the interim title down in Perth, I was at that fight and Yair got all the questions and Josh was very much the, like a non-starter when it came to questions. He just kind of gave normal answers. And in the fight game, apparently people don't like that. They like anger. And then Dan Ige was on a fun run. Calvin Cater was on a fun run and Josh Emmons just kind of played the spoil. I remember when he came back from injury and I think I I can't remember who he beat. It might have been it might have been Mirosad Bektik. It might have been Shane Burgos. And he just kind of freaked out at the media, sitting cage side, kind of like a y'all must have forgot type moment. Uh, or just he was I've never seen one of the top five most agitated winners I've ever seen after a UFC fight was Josh Emmett that one time. I just can't remember which fight it was, but if was you take into account, I don't remember that was after the long injury layoff, right? It might have been the Ige fight. I don't remember. It was. I think it was in the apex, though. Was so it might have been Shane Burgos, honestly. 
because it was it was like that was a year off or something like that i regardless like josh emmett i feel like has been the forgotten man for a long time i even remember i interviewed him at media day and he said that during his layoff it kind of became a running joke in his house where when a featherweight would win he'd be like oh i bet they want him to fight me next and then with like clockwork they'd be like oh you should fight josh emmett next so even he kind of gets like he kind of fell into that joke too like everyone just kind of just tries to make a name off myself but in terms of his ufc championship aspirations if he loses badly to Ilya, i think it's that might be it for his future title aspirations but if it's like a back and forth war like he's known to be in and both men kind of it's one of those fights where both men are winners even though one one's only technically a winner like we saw with vittori and cannoneer where like all like Cannonier won, but the big story everyone kept talking about was how is Marvin Vittori alive after that fight? I mean, that's a different story, but a loss, two losses in a row to top level competition at Featherweight at his age, it's not going to be good for his title aspirations, that's for sure. AK, what do you think? I mean, again, we've had a long run here with Josh. This is someone who very snake bitten for like a lot of it, right? He suffered some really grievous injuries at certain points in his career, missed a big chunk of time a couple of different times. And also, like Jose said, he's just kind of been dis- disrespected and disregarded for a lot of this. It was cool to finally see him get his moment against Yair, but you almost wonder if it came just a smidge too late. What do you think? Do you think Josh has another run at a championship in him? It, it, not if he loses on Saturday. Not if he loses on Saturday. We, we we had a summer discussion about um, Charles and Benil uh, at UFC 289, and I was very optimistic for Benil, uh, who's also up there in age. I don't think he's 38. He's what, 36, 37? Or is he the same age as Josh Emmett? But he's up there. He's up there, and he's up there in fight years, too. And I was much more optimistic for him, even though he's also in a similar, similarly, excuse me, um, competitive division. Uh, he's, you know, it feels like maybe his moment, like he, he, his moment was there and it was, you know, and that's it. He's taken away from, but I just feel like Benil has built up more currency with the UFC. You would hope Emmett has as well. Again, given that he's taken so many tough fights for them. Um, and, uh, and for the most part, been a very good company man, other than some that weird issue with the tickets. And that was just a misunderstanding. And I, they like him. They like Josh Emmett, but, but I also think, featherweight has some younger guys coming up than 155 does not that there isn't talent always coming up 55 i just think there's some more immediate uh names that we mentioned in 145 they're coming up for those spots and i don't know how long josh m can hold up on can hold on to them 38 is uh, listen in, for an athlete in any sport is is up there is well, unless you're like a, a heavyweight at which point you probably have another 10 years left in your career but for featherweight Man, that's tough. And he's been fighting for a little over a decade now. I know people will see 21 pro fights. Like, okay, that's not like a, 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 a you know a huge amount of miles in the odometer, but excuse me. <clears throat> but it's the people he's fought. It's Calvin Cater, Dan Ige, Shane Burgos. These are these are battles, man. I mean, these are these are this isn't uh, this isn't like a, a 21 fights where he's racked up like a bunch of you know first round knockouts in the UFC. He's got a couple, but these are he's been putting in hard hard hours in the office. And a loss to a guy like Ilya, I mean, I don't know what that's going to do for his confidence. I don't know what that's going to do for his standing in the eyes of the matchmakers. But all of it together, it just certainly cannot be good. And I'm not saying he can't continue to have a good career. Like, I think we could still see him. He's not going to retire right away. There's still good fights ahead for him. It's just really, really like he'll be so many fights away and so many having to knock off so many other contenders away from ever getting a title shot again. So should he lose on Saturday, I do think it is this is such a cold thing to say, but it is the end of his, rele- his relevance as a contender. 
I mean, I think that's fair though, right? Again, 38 years old is just tough. It's tough in the lighter weight classes to make it when you're in that sort of late 30, early 40 zone. Um, you know, we always talk about stakes because that's ultimately what this stuff comes down to, right? Is the stakes to each fight. What, what does all this mean? I think it's very clear that if Josh pulls off the upset here, he's not getting a title shot again anytime soon, right? Like he needs to still work his way back up and get a couple more wins in there. Ilya, though, would be a very intriguing guy if he wins this fight. As Jose said, this is sort of the prove it fight for him. He at that point would then be 6-0. So far, four of those five victories have been have been really vicious, you know, finishes in some respect, very dominant, very overwhelming. If Ilya gets it done and maybe gets it done impressively, AK, is, is a title shot next? Like, is that is that sort of up for grabs for him? Uh, he should be next for a title shot. I don't know if that is what the UFC will give him next, if that makes sense. Because I do think that uh, Volkanovski is going to have a lot of say in what's next for his career. Should he beat Yair? Which, again, not a guarantee. I know a lot of people are seeing, seeing Yair as a live dog, just a guy who matches really well with Volkanovski. There's a reason so many people were hoping to see Yair um, fight his way to a, you know to an undisputed title shot. So that's by no means a done deal. And I guarantee you the Volkanovski camp feels the same way, that they're way too smart to, to just overlook Yair. But if, if uh, Volkanovski does win, he's probably going to angle for that Makachev fight again, right? I know it's weird timing for it, but <sighs> the first fight was close. Um, I, I thought it was a really good fight. I don't know if people are, are, are so sour because they thought Volkanovski won, but I imagine there's a good portion of people that want to see it. I mean, it's the fight of the year, right? I think it's still it was of the year. It was awesome. I have, I have to think about that. That's a good question. It's, gonna, it's in the top five easily. It was just so high level and so tense for 25 minutes. It's exactly what you wanted when you get a champion versus champion fight. You're like, holy crap! Every second, you just felt like one, you know, every round could be decided by one, one mistake or one, one guy pouncing on an opportunity, and it kind, and it kind of was. But again, depending on how you how you scored it, and what people think about it. So, if you're Volkanovski, there's no reason not to angle for that fight again, and that means Ilya will have to wait. And if I'm Ilya, I'd have no problem with waiting, but. Waiting in the UFC is such a dangerous game because you probably tell yourself, okay, I can wait six months. I can wait six months to fight again. No problem. I've done it before. I've had six months between fights. But then that you know that six months becomes seven months, eight months. Suddenly other contenders are getting wins. We talk about Mosar Vloya, Blue and Murphy, guys like that. Suddenly their win streaks continue. Uh-oh. Now the UFC is looking at these guys and saying, well, Ilya, we love you. You're, you're a great contender. You smoked Josh Emmett back in June, but it's January now. It's February. And uh, these, these guys have fought a couple of times since. They've, you know, they've leaped over you. They're, we're going to give one of them a shot at at Volkanovski or Yair, whoever happens to have that featherweight title. So it sucks because he should he shouldn't have to do more. Uh, I'm not saying he has like an, un, an unassailable resume, but it's a very strong resume, and, and, and he'd have that glean of a guy who's not just undefeated, but who has a highlight reel, very easy to market. Um, so I think he should be number one, clear cut number one contender after beating Josh Emmett. I just worry that he will have to fight again because we don't know if Volkanovski is immediately going to defend his title. If he does, it has to be Ilya. If, if Volkanovski wants to defend it again, uh, if he beats Yair and defend it in the next six months. If not, Tapuria is number one contender with nothing guaranteed. Man, I hate how right you are. It's tough. Being honest. I really hate how right you are because I, I love... Makachev, Volkanovsky, the first time around. I thought it was a nice time for it. It was sort of made sense in the place of the division. I would hate it if you run it back this quickly. The, the one thing that was always the most impressive about guys like Anderson Silva, John Jones, George St. Pierre, whoever you want to name the greatest champions, they beat the different eras of contenders, right? Like we have, we have beat 
the young guys and then the next stage of young guys, then the next stage of young guys. We've seen Volkanovski now establish dominance over that the, the last crop of featherweights, the Max Holloways, the, the Korean Zombies, the Brian Ortegas. There is such a good group of talent coming up now at 145. I want to see him continue to do that now against this next generation. That's what makes an all-time legend. That's what makes an all-time great champion is being able to have that sustained dominance over these different eras and just again just repeated shots of this champ champ thing like once is cool once is fun once he deserved it if we do this if we run this back that is just to me i hate it i absolutely hate it uh jose when i asked ak this question initially about the title shot is it is possibly at stake for Ilya? i saw you shaking your head sounds like you don't think it is no i don't i just because i'm basing this off of like deserving I'm not going to use that word. It's just how we've seen the UFC book. Like I'm trying to use like this, like the scientific formula. Like we, we, we've seen it play out. We know how this, this game operates. If he, if he beats Josh Emmett and he is in a title shot next, I bet it's an interim title shot because Volkanovsky goes up to challenge Islam again. And that's assuming <laughs> Islam beats Charles in that rematch in Abu Dhabi. I've been saying for a long time, I think, Volkanovski Islam 2 should main event UFC 300 um, because UFC 300 is a big event you know champ versus champ the first fight was so good I'm I said that at like the day after their first fight so I'm, I'm just gonna stick with that because I'm not trying to be wishy-washy if it's UFC 300 is the is the main event and in this world and it is Volkanovski and Islam obviously I would assume you know Ilya Taporia versus anyone above him at featherweight would be a lot of fun for an interim title, but I don't think it's going to be for the undisputed title next because we've seen fighters like Arnold Allen all of a sudden have to fight Max Holloway. We've seen Drinkus Duplicy all of a sudden have to fight Robert Whitaker. I don't think Ilya, who I know these rankings don't matter, but in the UFC rankings, Ilya is at nine, and if he beats Josh Emmett, he's probably going to jump up to five or six. I don't know if he's going to get a title shot. I bet I bet they make him fight someone else. And I also wouldn't be surprised if Islam does get through Charles and Islam just fights the winner of the BMF title fight. And then Volkanovski has to stay at Featherweight. He'll fight someone else again. So it's just a whole lot of I don't know. Let's see. Let's see what happens after this fight because Josh Emmett adds missed like a year and a half of fighting because of injuries, and he was still coming off a win after that. So for all we know, both men get put through a blender on Saturday morning over here on the West Coast, and neither is healthy for the rest of the year. So TBD is my answer, but if I was a betting man, if Ilya does fight for a title next, I bet it's interim and not undisputed. This is a side road. We're derailing from the main conversation for a second because you sort of got my wheels working, but do you think Volk Makachev 2 is a big enough fight for UFC 300? Because, I mean, we're going to end the year, what, with UFC 296 probably? Mm -hmm. So that's yeah. you're looking at probably like first second quarter of 2024. Do you feel like that would be a big enough fight for a, an event like a 300 where you know they're just going to go balls to the wall? Um, I I think it is, but that's just Jose Young's. Uh, in the world of you know fans who don't watch Islam and Volkanovski fight all of the time, I would I would assume they'd want like a John Jones and Israel Adesanya or something like that in there. I wish UFC 300 worked where it would be International Fight Week next next year. I feel oh, like because yeah. that would be too much sense because then you know International Fight Week then it would make a lot of sense. 
Um, and I also wish it was the same weekend as the Super Bowl, which is f- the end of February. That's not going to line up if my math is correct, because the Super Bowl is in Las Vegas. And if they do Super Bowl, if they do a UFC pay-per-view on the Saturday before Super Bowl Sunday in the same city, Vegas is going to burn to the ground from the amount of media attendance. Um, what well, UFC 300 is going to end up being in what, like April? That's so lame. Something like that, right? That's like it's so it's lame. A very weird middle, sk- middle portion of the calendar. Pa- just skip a couple pa- Like They've skipped January a few times. Just take January <laughs> off. Take January off or like don't have a pay-per-view in February or March or whatever. I don't know. But yeah, I wish UFC 300 landed on a better time Um, because like I thought it was such a no-brainer when Connor was supposed to fight Chandler if that fight ever happens. Because if you look at the UFC schedule, I mean the NFL schedule, I'm pretty sure the Raiders have a Thursday night game that week of the UFC pay-per-view, which means Allegiant Stadium is wide open that weekend. So I'm like, why not just put Michael Chandler, Conor McGregor in the Legion Stadium and give it a test run? But now that prop fight probably won't happen. And if it's Jamal Hill versus whoever, they're not selling out a Legion Stadium. So UFC is in a weird place with matchmaking and arenas because now Canelo's fighting in September on the same day as a UFC fight night in the same city. But the UFC has the T-Mobile. Where are all the Mexicans going to go? See Alexa Grasso or see Canelo Alvarez? Probably Canelo, unfortunately. Not unfortunately. Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 like you said. It's just in a weird place in the schedule. I wish selfishly that the timing would work out. I don't know that there's enough time for the pillars to fall in place for this, but I would love to see Izzy versus Pereira three for the light heavyweight title. Yeah, for UFC three hundred. That to me would yeah. be just delightful. Like I would really enjoy that. But that would be a lot again, we're we're yes. we're on a yeah. Listen, you're focusing on UFC three hundred. You're not focusing enough on UFC event number six hundred and fifty two, <laughs> according to Wikipedia. Uh, this oh. is UFC on ABC five. This is this. So we passed UFC two eighty nine was actually the six hundred fiftieth UFC event. Is is this event on ABC? Because isn't there like because I'm the wrong person to ask this like. If if Mike Heck was on the show, he'd probably know. Is there a big golf tournament going on right now? Is that why this is on ABC? Because ESPN Plus is just all golf. Mm, no, I mean they're just mandated to have. I think right, but ABC they usually like there. historically they don't because they had an a- UFC and ABC in what May, and now they're having one in June. It's rare we get them in back to back months. So I'm just curious if it was like this was just the last place they could stick it. Well, like this we is, had one. I mean, this certainly had, wouldn't be the last priority for something like this, right? Like ABC right. is sort of the top priority, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think it's simulcast on ESPN Plus. As I have well. no I idea how golf UFC, <laughs> ESPN Plus works. I think the prelims are ESPN and ESPN Plus, and the main card ABC and ESPN. No, ABC, ESPN Plus for both. Sorry, AFC, ABC, ESPN Plus main card, mm. ESPN, ESPN Plus prelims. So again, I live in Canada. So I don't know what ABC or ESPN Plus are, but uh, ESPN <laughs> Plus just just as a streaming service, right? ESPN Plus airs multiple things at a time. I have no idea how does ESPN. Yeah, and I just logged on to ESPN Plus, and all of everything being streamed right now is just golf. There's oh. nothing else. <laughs> there There's go. literally no option to. It's which it golfer be, do you want to watch? Tomorrow there will be uh, there will be on uh, UFC. We've gotten completely off track, so maybe let's get back yes. on the rails for a second. Yeah, Although I will say, shout out to my boy Jay Jay, Ra- Jay Ray 
be in the comments we need to book ufc apex 100 fantasy book uh the apex 100 that's we're getting there. that just sounds terrible and delightful augusto sakai time. better be invited back i'll tell you something <laughs> i want my you better have augusto sakai on that freaking card i need an andre Olaski in a 15 minute very boring fight on that night yep uh ak main event saturday oh is it Ilya zaporia's big breakout is it josh emmett coming for one last run how you see this Oh, I have to pick. Uh, okay, yeah. I like. I mean, listen, I'm going. I'm. I'm boring. I'm going to go Ilya Teporia. I know Jose is always prepared to take the contrarian um, standpoint, so I'm happily handing that uh, that ball to him. Uh, I think Ilya is the real deal. Like I said, I, I would love to see him fight for the title by the end of this year if everything falls into place. He's 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 as ready as he'll ever be at this stage in his career. You can have him face another couple of contenders. I wouldn't have a problem with that either. Of course, it's featherweight. Give me more great featherweight fights, but. I would just love to see him tested against Volkanovski just, just to see where he is. I think he's at that level where he deserves the chance to be tested. Um, and we'll know for sure. We'll know for sure on Saturday. Emmett is so tough, but I think I think that Toporia can put him away. I'll go Toporia by third round knockout. What do you think, Jose? I'm going to do exactly what AK said and just – pick josh emmett so we can have some semblance of conversation mm-hmm. i think and i i'm going out on a limb here y'all can just say you agree now josh emmett has beat the last four opponents three four opponents that josh emmett has fought is better than anyone Ilya support has ever fought in the ufc like bryce mitchell is very good I think Calvin Cater, Dan Ige, and Yaya Rodriguez are all better than Bryce Mitchell. Shane Burgos may Shane Burgos is more exciting. I don't know if he beats Bryce Mitchell, especially right now. But even dating back then, like the Jeremy Stevens, the Carlos Lamas is like Josh Emmett has seen every type of fighter in the UFC. Ilya hasn't fought someone as durable and as hammer fisted as Josh Emmett yet. Uh, in his UFC run, and let's not forget, he got dropped in that first round against Jai Herbert. Yes, it was a lightweight, but Ilya Tapori, a lightweight, should still put away an unranked lightweight relatively easily, and he got head kicked bad in round one. Now, I'm not saying Josh Emmett is going to head kick Ilya Tapori because I don't see that coming, but I absolutely could see a world where Josh Emmett just throws a fastball between the eyes of Ilya. Ilya gets stunned, and Josh Emmett smells blood and runs in and TKOs him on the ground because we've seen that many a time. We've also seen him turn off fighters like Ricardo Lamas and Michael Johnson with that overhand right or left. I can't even remember. They all just kind of blur together because Josh Emmett's knockout wins are so violent. Um, I think this is obviously, like I said, the last run for him. I think Josh Emmett is a very, I'm assuming he's an underdog. I don't even look at the odds, but I'm just going to assume Josh Emmett is the underdog because he's, he's, he's yeah. always the underdog. Huge but underdog. I just, yeah, Josh, there's no tight style of fighter that Josh Emmett has not fought in UFC. Ilya is a five-tool player. He puts them all together. I'm just going to pick Josh because AK picked Ilya, and I'm deciding it right now, and I'm talking myself <laughs> into it. I'll say Josh Emmett late round TKO because that seems to be Josh Emmett's MO right now. Disagreeing just because AK said something. I'm, I'm all here for that. Uh, I will I will quibble with you on one thing. I, I would say that I would put Shane Burgos, Dan Ige sort of right around the same level as Bryce Mitchell. I think Alvin, obviously Calvin Cater and Yaya Rodriguez different level. But to me, those three are all on the same level, more or less. Um, but either way, 
very much obvious that this is the biggest challenge that Ilya Taporia has faced. And I think there's no surprise here for me. I'm, I'm going with Ilya Taporia. Again, everything I've said today, I, I think future champion, this this can be this guy's breakout. Josh Emmett is tough as all hell, but we have seen him a couple times now over the last couple of years. Just, you know, he's taking a lot of damage, man. He's taking a lot of damage. And again, at 38, like at some point that catches up with you and all the injuries this guy has had, it feels like he may have missed his window. He may have missed his moment, but again, We'll see. I'm very, very excited for this. I love the matchmaking in this fight, uh, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to this fight. I'm glad this is 25 minutes because we really get to see what Ilya Tapuria is made of against a guy as tough as Josh Emmett. Let's move on, fellas, though. Uh, co-main event time. Or, or well, Let's see. I mean, AK, I'll go to you on this. Amanda Hebus, Macy Barber. Is this a co-main event to you, or is this a penultimate fight? Where do you see the Coleman event? They got numbers next to their names. These are these are officially uh, MMA fighting global rankings ranked flyweights. So they, I, I can sign, I can very comfortably sign off on this fight. Uh, where are they? Let me just, let me just take a quick look here. Uh, Macy Barber number fifteen, Amanda Hebas number twelve, and I think Man- Amanda Hebas is only number twelve because she's also ranked at strawweight, if I'm not mistaken. I believe she is ranked in two divisions, so she'd probably be higher in either one if she was focused on one. Um, she does have a few losses here and there too, but again, because she's she'll fight anyone in either weight class, and you got to love that. So, totally legitimate co-main. Uh, Macy Barber four fight win streak. That's legitimate. I know. Listen, listen, I know. I know it's not the most memorable four fight win streak. I'm sure there's a lot of uh, a lot of the listeners out there are like, are like, really? What? Like Macy Barber, four straight? Yeah, man, four straight. And 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 if she wins, Jose, get that graphic ready because those graphics always pay off every time you make them. You've never you've never made one that hasn't been used. Uh, if she wins, she will tie Alexa Grasso, Aaron Blanchfield, and Manel Fierro for the uh, for the number one. So it'll be four four fighters in the division will be tied for the longest win streak. So um, yeah, it, and I'm not saying whoever. I don't think that there's immediate title implications for either fighter. Uh, it's not out of the realm of possibility, but they wouldn't be like at the top of the list. They would like make the short list of, you know, if other challengers fell through and couldn't be booked. So I think both women are one one win away still, but they both look great at 125 pounds. Hebus also at 115. Um, I think it could be a potentially exciting fight too. I like the matchup on paper. So perfect, uh, specifically UFC on ABC co-main event. I think very consistent with the other um, UFC on ABC co-mains. Okay, so officially a co-main event. Uh, Jose, where are you at on this fight? Do you like it? Yeah, I mean it makes sense. Um, both both women are 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 known figures among fight fans. They're both ranked. I think the fight actually makes sense. Uh, Amanda Hebas and Macy Barber are also like I know there's like like we have like fighters like you know Manon Faroe and Kellen Chukagi and like they're so talented and they win all the time, but they're not going out there and just putting women away they're just winning an mma fight which is perfectly fine they're just winning two three rounds and you know winning fairly easily amanda hebos i know has a lot of decisions but they're exciting back and forth decisions like she she's the one that got Callan Chukagian a fight of the night. Like she was so tough in there <laughs> that Callan Chukagian got a fight of the night against amanda hebos and macy barber as much as I, as people on the internet rag on her striking, especially in that Alexa Grasso where she was punching the invisible woman between them for three rounds, when she hits someone, they feel it and their kind of their game plan changes. Now, I'm not saying either woman is going to go out there and just melt the other one, but I think this is going to be 
the main event, obviously, between Emmett and Ilya is probably the favorite for fight of the night. But I would not be surprised if Amanda and Macy kind of put on a back and forth just we're going to punch the hell out of each other for three rounds and they sneak out a fight of the night. That would probably be my live dog for a possible, you know, 50K for both women. Just looking at the rest of this card, I think that those two are very evenly matched up. I'm still going to put – I pick Amanda by – I don't know. I have no idea how, but I just think Amanda's looked really fun and active at flyweight. Macy Barber hits really hard. I just think Amanda's has more tools to pull off the victory, if that makes sense. But fun fight makes sense and an absolutely perfect co-main event for UFC and ABC. You're 100% right. Amanda getting uh, a fight of the night out of Caitlin Chukagin is probably the most incredible feat of anybody on this entire card. Like, that's just yeah. astounding. I can't can't handle that whatsoever. Eileen and Amanda, too. I, I, this, to me, feels very split decision-ish. I, I might lay a, little, lay a little money on a split decision outcome here. I don't know. This just feels like one of those fights, like you said, sneaky fun, ends up being a lot more competitive than maybe we expect and, and sort of mm-hmm. maybe a little controversial at the end. But I lean Amanda too. Where, where you go, AK? Uh, listen, someone's got to make the case for Macy, so I'll do it. Uh, I, again, we said it. Macy's still a work in progress. All right, from, from the moment she entered the UFC off contender series, saying I'm going to become the youngest, you know, UFC champion ever. I'm. Pr- I think that window has passed. Right? She turned. She just recently turned 25, and what John Jones is what 24, 24 when he won his first. The title. dream's so, dead. I'm pretty sure the, win- the dream is dead. The dream is dead. Uh, but 25 is still super young. 25 is still super young. Very early in her career, and she's really she had the benefit of being thrown into the fire and having a tough face like much more veteran competition and, and for the most part she hasn't embarrassed herself I, I know there's been some ugly fights in there i know there's been at least one fight um you know that uh, a man miranda maverick i'm talking about that of course people think she didn't even deserve to win i i did call that a robbery um so i'm in agreement with the majority of the people who scored that fight at home uh but again these are all things that i feel like she has uh, made the most out of again whether whether it be a tough loss or a, a controversial win it does feel like she keeps building and building and building and building and I, and, I, and i understand the animosity against her again she looks at this is a young person who um you know is growing up in front of our eyes and there's a lot of growing pains there uh i'm not making excuses if people don't like her if there's like you know moments in the mic that people are just like annoyed by her that's fine that's life you don't have to like everybody but the point is, but more importantly than any of that is that the results have been there in the cage. It's, it's hard to argue with four straight wins. Um, again, whether regardless of how definitive they are, she's racking up Ws in the UFC. And again, I do think the striking is getting better. I do think we'll be headed to more controversy. I hate to call a fight like something like, oh, this is potentially going to go under a robbery review. But it just man, feels I, like I, it. It feels like it. It feels like it. I want to go with Jose, though, and say, like, you know, it could also be a fight. I think you can have a fight of the night and a fight that undergoes a robbery review. I think. I think I think Piotr Jan and yeah. um, John O'Malley yeah, with a fight of the night. And they're, it was very controversial. I think that could happen here. I think that can happen here. And I think that's, uh, you know, only for us as fans, always fun to discuss. Uh, it won't be so fun for whichever woman ends up on the wrong end of the decision, which I think in this case might be Amanda Hibis. That being said, I have a question for everyone here. And Casey, please come in here as well because I'm curious for your thoughts. What's the best? What's the second best fight on this card? Because I think we would all agree the best fight is the main event. What's the second? Is that is the co-main the second best fight or is something else? What are you guys saying? I think competitively that's the second best fight. <clears throat> no, yeah, the co-main. Why, why, why did you even question if this is a legitimate co-main 
Shaheen, you see that, are you just are you just asking questions? Like what 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 made you ask that? Asking questions. Just, just asking, asking questions. questions. Although I don't know. To me, this doesn't I, feel I, like the second best fight on this card. I would I would look at either Neil Magny, uh, who I don't know, the insane disrespect to me putting this guy on the undercard of, of a card like this. Like, is I, he, what's he coming off? Of? He's coming off of any uh, respect. Or or really, what my real answer would probably be would be Brendan Allen and Bruno Silva because I really like both those guys. Are they ranked? Brendan Allen is. Uh, Brendan uh, Allen is. Brendan yeah, Allen after, is. after the Muniz yeah. win. Yeah. After I the Muniz yeah. win. No, he plays Barbara. Uh, that's that's a legitimate fight, perfect co-main event, and the second best fight of the card. I think. I think the the re- the hesitation of maybe put the Magni Phil Rowe fight as the co-main event is because as much as people, for whatever reason, have been liking Phil Rowe in our chats and everything, he's missed weight two of his last three fights, and he's been. I don't know if any of you guys have interviewed Phil Rowe, but he is very difficult to have a serious conversation with mm. to the point where I'm like, I, this is, I'm not getting anywhere with this. It's like annoying. Like he missed weight. And then after his win, I go, oh, can you just speak about missing weight? Was it like a missed time? And he's like, what are you talking about? I've never missed weight. I'm like, you've missed weight twice in your last three fights, bro. He goes, never happened. I was like, all right, this is fucking getting nowhere. So maybe that's why. Uh no, I I just think Mil Magni is coming off a pretty dominant. I think it, I was going to say it's the combination of yeah. you know Magni's <laughs> lost twice uh, two of his last three and Phil Rowe has missed yeah. weight in two of his last three, so maybe that's why this should be on the main card. But I don't think it well, should be the the co-main. I, I do yeah, think they the are curious to me. Yeah. I do think they are treating it as a feature, like a legitimate featured prelim. Because again, the, well, remember it's prelims are on oh. ESPN and main cards at ABC. So I do think they, they're hoping like, oh, people watch Neil Magny and Philip Rowe close up the ESPN card. It's like, oh, if you want to watch more, you, if you want to watch more, don't forget, hop on over to ABC. So I guess they're hoping one to retain whoever's been watching, and mm. by some chance, if anyone you know uh, tunes in just to see Neil Magny and Phil Rowe. Um, you know, or sorry, starts watching the card with Neil Magny and Phil Rowe. We'll be like, oh, okay, the rest of the cards in ABC. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hop over there as well. So I think they actually are using the pre, the featured spot as it's supposed to be used, like when they used to do it for pay per views, right? Like hoping but the you're the not last selling this card. Like you're not. You're, you're selling not people. You're, you're selling people to change the channel. To just is that still play. a thing? Is that still a thing? I just think that's their like, thinking are, here. Who, who, okay, who, who's uh-huh. watching this card on a Saturday morning? And mm-hmm. not already planning to switch over to ABC and watch it. Like, who's Unless watching I, the prelims on ESPN? I, and undecided if they're going to go watch the actual fights. That I love to consider myself the voice of the common man. We know this. Uh, I'm. I always have we, my ear to the streets. This, but when but it comes to when it comes to fighting, <laughs> when it comes to fighting, I my perspective is a little skewed. I don't know what the average like non-hardcore MMA fan thinks when they again they they tune into like ESPN. They're like, oh cool, I'll watch a couple of fights, and then they see Randy Brown and Vince Sherman. They see Neil Magny and Phil Rowe, and then I don't know if they're so if it, if they're you know if you can lock someone in like that, and then they're like, oh, I gotta watch this on ABC, or like you said, it has to be someone who's already like, oh well, I know UFC's on today. I'm gonna tune in around this time, and I'm I know it's on ESPN. I know it's on ABC. I think there is some casual audience to be grabbed. Mm-hmm. I fight, could be wrong. Uh, we're talking about other really good fights on this card. I think it is on the, those early prelims. That's between uh, Tabitha Ricci and Julian Robertson. Uh, great fight. That's an awesome fight. And I think it's a really uh, big test for both women, especially Robertson, because I think uh, her last fight was her first fight down to straw weight, and she looked awesome. She so, looked I'll tell you this though. She's not enjoying the cut down to 115. 
she looked oh. very unhappy at the way uh, Okay, I haven't very seen very that. So yeah. it was, she made it. She made it. What's the other It, was her, it, was, it was her first fight back as strawweight because she used to fight as mm-hmm. strawweight. Oh, and then she went to flyweight, and then she went back to strawweight. All right, copy that. Uh, uh, but, yeah, but, if, but in the UFC, it was her first uh, strawweight yeah, yeah. fight, though. Gotcha. So, but if, if um, Tabitha Ricci, she's still kind of uh, how old is Tabitha Ricci? She's still, I was so she's like a still young prospect, mm-hmm. twenty eight. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, but for Jillian, I think uh, yeah, if she looks great and wins this, they're the, um, they're the same age. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, Jillian mm-hmm. Robinson, uh, quite a few more fights. Uh, it- but um, it'll be really interesting to see this fight, and I think uh, especially if Jillian wins, um, I, I it'll be fun watching her how she um, up, uh, goes upward in the strawweight yeah. ladder. It sucks though because the logical call for her if she beats Tabitha would have been to call for Rose, right? Rose, because she beat her in the grappling match, right? She submitted her in the grappling match, and now Rose went back up to one, went up to one twenty five where she used to yeah. fight. Rose, so is, she, Rose is running from her. Rose is running from her. <laughs> Rose, Rose is running from Jillian Robertson. Yeah. Apparently, I, I on the know. record, he said it. Yeah. yeah. So unfortunate, but uh, as far yeah, as far as matchups, I like that matchup. I think there are also lots of good, um, fun prospects on the card. Obviously, uh, it'd be fun. To Josh Van. Josh Van, Tre- see Trevor Peak again to see if that hit that. Uh, I think he had a he knocked he knocked up um, knocked up knocked out. Uh, What's his name? Ghost Pepper. His last fight. So it'll be Eric Gonzalez. Yeah, yeah. See how he does again. And um, uh, Mr. awesome haircut. Yeah, going. We should tell Josh people. Van. We should tell people who don't know that we did lose to Suratyra and Clayton Rodriguez, which what? was my pick on oh, between what? the links. Wait, wait, what happened? Between the links, between the links, I was asked, "What's my sleeper fight?" And I, I looked down. I'm like, "Oh, Tetsuro Tyra, Clayton Rodriguez, obviously." Like, I look. I think oh, that, fight, that fight's fights off. I was looking. Exciting. I was like, "Where?" I was. I was, yeah. I was thinking. Like, yes. I, didn't, I didn't see it. No. I was like, "Oh, maybe." I, I could see week. you getting to it. I could see you working down to it, and I'm like, "I was Let looking me for it." Him. <laughs> I know. Let me stop him for his heartbreaks <laughs> in real time. Are you kidding me? What uh, happened? Clayton missed weight by three pounds, and you pretty Wait. much knew it wasn't going to happen then because they. It took them like there was no update for like over an hour, and I'm like. I, I, they're either negotiating a, a purse or he's just not going to, it's just not being cleared. So, um, yes. At, and now Tetsuro has said that he wants to hopefully fight on Yossi Singapore. So get, get a somewhat quick turnaround. So you'll see Tetsuro soon. Clayton, his second time missing weight. Not sure how the UFC is going to feel about Dude, that. Um, can yeah, you imagine that going through, a, going through a training camp in Japan, flying across the oh. other side of the world, cutting weight, making weight, Brutal. and then the fight's off. Oh, that sucks all right well big bummer big big bummer the nba playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nba DraftKings brings you same game parlays live betting odds boosts and so much more don't miss out as the nba postseason winds down and new customers to DraftKings can bet five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly you can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. 
Uh, all right, let's hear from the peeps. Casey, the any peeps. questions? And actually, I have one saved uh, while you look and we wait for more to roll in. That one that I saw earlier. Oh, money. You're on it. That's exactly what I was looking for. Uh, this was coming from our friend Pro Fights Info. If Josh Emmett loses, would it be in his best interest to leave the UFC for PFL or Bellator? Guys, if you're Josh Emmett and you lose, I, I'm not sure Josh's contract. So obviously this, that's a sticking point in this. But say he's closing to the end of his contract. If he loses to Ilya and that's sort of the end of his title hopes in the UFC, but you still have that window where you're maybe an elite featherweight still, is the move not to go to PFL? Like why would he not want to go to PFL and maybe cash in on that one last time if he still can? Oh, it's PFL. Not, but not Bellator, PFL. 100%. Same thing. Same. It could be soon. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> Same thing. Okay. But no, is that not the move? Anybody? Somebody? Nobody? Oh, I thought you were throwing to Jose specifically. I'm sorry. Uh, I'll no, I'll jump in. I'll jump in. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I I do feel like um, PFL has not proven to be like a short. It's it's hard. You know what I mean? It's harder to win it than than people think, right? Like, I mean, Shane Burgos just kind of learned that he had a tough go. As for, he still has a chance. He fights what uh, as tonight as we're recording this. Um, I think he gets if he gets a finish. I think he makes the playoffs. Stays on track for a million dollars. Yeah, it, it, it's it's a good looking idea, but it's definitely not easy. Everyone says uh, Brendan Lockdown just found it the hard way. You know, he won a million. Super happy. I'm sure he doesn't regret the experience at all. Again, <laughs> he just won a million, and whatever. He's not making the playoffs this time. But like that that three fights in six months is serious and not like a fun thing to do. Where and does he have a better Josh chance of making a million dollars? The UFC Maybe that's not his concern. No, oh, really. Maybe he's a prize fighter. He's not a prize fighter. He's a he's fun doing fighter. He's a fun fighter. He's doing it for the love of the game, Casey. A 38-year-old featherweight, his concern is very <laughs> much how do I it, maximize the money fun. I make uh, in the next year? Bellator I, Bellator, I really don't know why. I don't think that's the move. I think, yeah, we do. It's we do. We, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're really – because the pay, it's comparable. There's the sponsor stuff. But at the end of the day, man, uh, I think if you had a choice, he would stay in the OC. But, yeah, the PFL, I get it. Um, is in his best interest. It's the phrasing is interesting. Is in his best interest. Uh it's weird because in my heart, I just think he's not going to do it. I think he sees himself as a UFC guy, and I think he's just going to stick around. That, I think that's he wants to retire there. Um, so the question is yes. I, I, listen, the answer to the question is yes. Uh, I just think in his mind, I think he thinks the best interest is staying at the UFC and, and just uh, and where, where do you get where do you get this guy. from? Where do you get this this whole best interest from? Listen, uh, like you, I said, I'm a, coming from. I'm a man of the people. Uh, Casey, you're, I understand oh, people like you're Josh. Man of the people, right, listen, I'm a man of the people. Man of the and, UFC Josh Emmett is a person. <laughs> Josh, Josh is a one, person. one thing that people who are men of the people do is they consistently tell people that they're men of the people. <laughs> yeah. I, I I I tell people that all the time. That that's how you know. Yeah, that's the only way to to make sure. I would say I think, that if Josh Emmett wants to retire in the UFC, he is most likely looking at a brutal losing streak to end his UFC career because that's how they treat guys like Josh Emmett. Well, because he has a he has a bit of a name and he'll be I mean in this in this he'll just be fed to the young lions over and over. Which is has as a promoter, which is what you should do. You you build up your new stars off your old stars. That's how you do it. That's that's nothing that's nothing bad for the I mean every organization does that. You're supposed to do that. But um that's up to Emmett. How he wants to with obviously the three of you consume the product on MMAfighting.com in 2020. Josh Emmett once said, uh, I want to stay with the UFC because I feel it's the biggest and best organization. Shane Burgos did something similar. He tested free agency. I heard he took less money to stay with the UFC. And there's that. But that was before Shane Burgos eventually. 
I mean, Shane Burgos went, took less oh. money. So Shane Burgos took money. I misspoke. But yeah, Josh Emmett has gone on record with her own Damon Martin saying, I want to stay with the UFC. That was two and a half years ago. Whether that's changed it. or not, I don't know. Um, you guys have obviously read that article, so I don't need to uh, give you the, the full I synopsis. Mean, I did. I don't know. It's, what's it's easier to say that thing when you're a 35 year old featherweight than when you're a 38 year old <laughs> yeah. featherweight. I also and know he was th- on his way to fight for a title at that point, too. Yeah. I also know that that fight before he fought Shane, he signed a four fight deal. So I would assume this might, this is either his last fight on his contract, because I don't know how the interim, like the title fight, might have been like an additional one, because, you know, if you win, you get extended. But that was four. The Shane Burgos fight was like four or five fights ago. So either he signed a new one or they added one because of the title fight. I'm not quite sure. He, he likely um, re-upped for the title fight because a lot of guys tend to do that in Josh's that's position. What I'm saying. I, we'll I, also, I also know Josh Emmett was really into NFTs and crypto for a long time. So I'm curious how much money he made off of that. Maybe and, uh, lost. Who knows? Listen, Emmett. Uh, so, so, uh, so Emmett's an Eagle FC, right? Is that where we're going? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Listen, Emmett, uh, just win. Just win. There you go. Then all we've had a lot of questions about you know what happens if Emmett yeah. loses. We had a lot of questions. Just win. I don't understand why these fighters just don't win every fight. Why well, just yeah. win every fight? And then there's why you know, all like your problems. Yeah. Like yeah. Just win. Yeah. Uh, let's hit a couple more questions. We, we're already at an hour here somehow. Yeah. Uh, let's do it. Uh, UFC 652. We don't. We don't have to go too much into this, but we got to talk about it a bit. Okay. Danielson. Coming from uh, Stephen K. Who y'all got? Okada or uh, Brian Danielson, I'm guessing? Danielson, yeah. yeah. Danielson, because it's happening in AEW and because uh, Austin. Well, it's happening in AEW. It's happening, it's happening in AEW, like it's happening in an AEW show. Yeah. And uh, Osprey's going to get the win back in the main event. So they can't have both. They, I don't think they can have Okada and and Osprey lose. That's that's my theory. So uh, Rainmaker all the way. Moving on. Oh, listen, it's going to be a great match, but uh, I will be there, by the way. I think, I Dan, be, I think you're going? You're going? I'm, I'm there. I'm in, uh, it's in Toronto. I'm in yeah. Toronto, man. Uh, so, people, if anyone's if anyone's at the Toronto show, say what's up to your boy. Uh, I'll probably be wearing some. Uh, Danielson by Tom by Tom Foolery rematch at Wrestle Kingdom. There you go. All exactly. Right, it's, right. it's going to build. It's leading up to a second match, obviously. He'll cheat. He'll cheat. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> dastardly. That dastardly Danielson. From Phoenix. Phoenix. Marshall family. Comes Charlie family. Mm-hmm. You love it. What is this bootleg poster behind me, by the way? Because this isn't movie specific. Where'd you find this one, Kate? Because this is not, this is various, from various films. You've got various ages here. You've got very young, very young Vin and Paul Walker. Uh, the Rock is there. There's a uh, Michelle Rodriguez from number uh, nine. Number who's eight, that, excuse who's me. That, who's that in the No, number seven. Number seven. I'm sorry. That was from very young Han. From probably number four, Fast Furious Four. Okay, yeah. um, I, I love I'm that sorry. we What's just can't on? do oh. any preview show, yeah, show meeting, any editorial meeting, anything without somehow <laughs> having five minutes of Fast and Furious talk from AK. It's just consistent, like clockwork. Mm-hmm. Um, this one's coming from D Rock Jose. Can you rate Emmett's tattoos? Um, there. If I'm, I've said that, like, I've always said, if I was super white or super pale, I would steer right into the, the big colorful tattoos because they pop. So I don't necessarily know what Josh Emmett's, the subject matter of Josh's tattoos are, but I could tell you aesthetically, they work very well on him because he is so white and his, like, uh, what was that guy? Scott Jorgensen. Remember when he, 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 he had oh, all yeah. the colorful stuff and it just looked awesome. 
Now, the sub, there's a difference between subjects and application. The application looks on point. I don't know what the subject matter is, but for his skin tone, I think they they work well. I don't know about – it's only on one side of his body, onto his chest, get the other side done. I think the bomb tattoo on his wrist is a little silly, but he's a professional fighter, so he can do what he wants. There you go. Josh, you got the Jose seal of approval. Yeah. What's, on his, what's on his left bicep? A skull? A flaming skull? Yeah, something like that. Uh, no, right. it's, I, it's uh, the one that's all colorful. No, no, the other side, the left, his left arm. Oh, I don't I think know. It's left I don't know the. I know, like the one, the big colorful one is like a lotus leaf on fire. I like. Yeah, I do like, like the colorful like side of thing. it. Yeah, the colorful That's side cool. is very. The application is well done. Very nice. Okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> from our point, no, Ray don't B. talk. Don't talk, talk about, about Zalgas. Damn it! No, I mean, do you can or should we? I don't want to no. jinx him. I don't want to jinx the man. <laughs> Leave it. Don't mention it. Uh, uh, the ba- uh, the Bane, Ben Davis, posted a screenshot of him at the weigh-ins, and it was like looking kind of blank and kind of drained. And it's like, this is what a man looks like when he's had to cut weight three times in like one month. <laughs> and like, yeah, pretty accurate. So poor Zalgas. He's kept a great sense of humor about it. Anyone who who follows social media, he's 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 wearing the Bruce Lee Game of Death uh, jumpsuit, uh, that tracksuit today. It's look good. He, he's 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 having a lot of fun with it, but man, you know he just wants to get in there and actually fight. Like it is, it has to be really? just driving him freaking crazy at this point. So Especially fingers for crossed. What this fight means right. Like this is kind of like it for. Him. He's lost three in a row, four, five out of six. Like he's got to win this and and to go into a fight like this where it's their back against the wall and have to cut weight so many times. Like that's just no way. Everything starts over brutal, with a new haircut. It should. Yeah, and now he, he has, his, his record is zero. He has zero a gimmick right now. now. He has a gimmick now. So now it's yeah, all yeah. fresh start. But I, this is the but cat now. that has two wives, right? Like I'm pretty sure he has two wives and like eight kids. So I, Wikipedia tells me he has two wives and six children. Yeah, I, I knew it was something crazy like that. that. But I have no idea. On Wikipedia. I know. I knew it was something wild like that. It's an interesting individual. But yeah, he's up. Terrible and exhausting. I have a feeling, sadly, by the by the end. <laughs> what a you're 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 a new you're a relatively new dad. You can't be saying stuff like, "Oh, actually, that's exactly what you think." Bro, I have uh, one wife and one child, and it is exhausting. Uh, I have a feeling, dog. and a three dog. dogs. Oh, you have three dogs. Oh yeah. Oh boy, if you were on oh the Ultimate God. Fighter this season, if you were don't the you have like season, a, you'd be knocked out. Don't like you have seconds. like a like a guinea pig or a chinchilla or something weird too? My wife had a chinchilla, but she got rid of it. Gave it, right. donated it to a chinchilla like foundation or something. I don't yeah, know, you something. kept trying when to the, give it to me. When the kid came, yeah, when the kid came, because it was too. Uh, it was guys, I, I feel like then like we actually won't be talking about Zagas. We will be talking about Josh Van, who is. I agree. An absolute chest blue. I mean, you talk blue chip prospect. This is it, man. Seven and one, 21 years old. All his wins by finish so far. 21? Uh, he's 21 years old. He's from Myanmar. I think someone was asking me. He's the first UFC fighter from Myanmar, probably. Um, all I know is that the UFC just got like, you know, 2% more Asians. So Don Davis, watch out because <laughs> they're coming. Oh, sorry. I guess one championship. Watch out. They're coming. <laughs> yeah. What's the Asian percentage count? When, at this when point? You, like, they're now seventy nine percent Asian. <laughs> oh man, uh, <laughs> that's the next great feature idea we'd need to be doing: percentage of Asian for each promotion right. uh, in every motion. <laughs> all right, let's close it out with one more. All right. Um, oh, this is kind of um, a little off topic, but still MMA. Ooh. Profile info again. Can the oh, PFL like do anything that. to steal headlines again this weekend? What are you guys saying? Outside of having 
fighters you actually aren't fighting do something <laughs> we uh, said on we said on between the links that like the pfl needs to make the john jones and ganu confrontation like one a part of their intro like whatever if they have an intro <clears throat> scrawl graph or anything that should be in there has to and also they start off this week with like with treating it like a reality show where like last week on pfl on pfl5 uh francis ganu and john jones faced off what could happen this week at the overtime elite arena in and atlanta you know really like milk it i feel like they haven't milked it enough i know they milked it a lot uh, they milked it a lot i still think there's, there's a little more to uh to drain out of there so that's sensational can, idea I, I, you need to be bringing those kind of, that's like the type of idea you need to be bringing to the mma draft so you won't get last yes. place like that that's i know Listen, I like I, I was like doubled my votes this year. All right, so I don't think any of you can say that. I think I'm the only one who doubled his doubled his votes this year from, from like ten two to, to four, twenty. Yeah. Two to four. Uh, I think what can they a do? Big knockout. I think. Uh, I think. <sighs> but I, I get the question. Nothing's gonna like, match last week. Nothing's gonna match yeah, last week. It's just no, no. I mean, yeah. that's. I mean, I mean, do you even remember the fights last week, or was it actually just the things that happened outside of the cage? Larissa Pacheco. Smart, this, this smart. Oh, right, let's, Larissa Pacheco is what I remember, but she was not yeah. the main event. Yeah, she wasn't the main event. Yeah, but um, no. I, Jose, I guess what do you got? I guess the answer is no. <laughs> Jose, nope, not <laughs> at all. I was trying to, I was trying to stall Man. to buy you time. I was trying to stall I to buy you time. I covered that card, and I, I've already forgotten. Jeez, that's tough. People really like PFL on Friday nights for about six hours, and then the UFC happens the next day, and they're like, what even is PFL? It's just how it works. Same as Bellator, unfortunately. When you say people like PFL for six hours, that's only like two fights. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Oh. They really, they really like the smart cage. The smartest. It's the smartest. So good. Don't get rid of that in the merger, please. That's right. a part of the deal. That's a part of the deal. Well, you go uh, using the old George Costanza thing. We'll go out on top. Casey, great line. That's it. We're yeah. done. We're done oh. here. Before, oh, wait. oh, oh, I have no. one more thing because I oh. have c- control of the cameras and stuff. Watch LFA tonight on UFC Fight Pass. I have four <sighs> of my teammates fighting Whoa. tonight. Four of them. Three Brazilian bros. Uh, Casey, them you all. train? <laughs> Get out guys, of here. Yes. Four of my teammates are fighting on LFA tonight. Uh, Luis, he's the first broadcast fight. I don't know how to say his last name. I was going to say, I dare you to try and pronounce this. Yeah, really I, good friend I, I, never, I never knew he had a last name. He was just Luis, the really tall uh-huh. Brazilian guy. Uh-huh. Awesome Muay Thai fighter. This is his first um, professional MMA fight. Wow. Uh, I've grappled with him a lot. Um, he's awesome. Barboza, 55er, and uh, Hoffa. He's fighting the co-main event against uh, Bellator, Bellator, ex-Bellator fighter Winsky. And in the main event, big-ass Cody Davis is going to win that LFA flyweight title tonight. Wow, so these are it. your guys? These are my Commerce, guys. Calif- Commerce, California, Commerce, Casino, and Hotel, uh, UFC Fight Pass. So there you go. Easy yeah, to watch. I will be there. I'm super excited. Yeah. I just oh, love sorry, you being yeah. like, I control the camera, so I'm going to do this. Yeah, okay. I got to give a shout out to all my <laughs> go guys. Rogue. Yeah, go right there. Yeah. Uh, well, good luck to all uh, uh, Casey's training partners. And also appreciate all y'all for for hanging with us on this Friday. Uh, I, again, morning fights. You can talk about the card all you want. I'm really looking forward to morning fights. I love it every time we get it. So this has been the UFC Jacksonville preview show. We appreciate you guys, as always, for hanging with us. Uh, Stay tuned. Keep it locked to MMA Fighting for all the coverage you get tonight, tomorrow, moving forward. You know how it goes. This man is Alexander K. Lee. We got Jose Young's down there. And that's the undefeated E. Casey Layden. We love you guys. 
Enjoy the fights, and we'll see you tomorrow night. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.